We're continuing our talk with author James DiEugenio about his book, Destiny Betrayed, JFK, Cuba, and the Garrison Case. Well, um, Jim, we, we've, we've managed to, to have a lengthy conversation here without getting too much into, into Dealey Plaza and bullets and single bullets and grassy knolls and all that. And we probably ought to just leave it there today because there's so much more interesting stuff you've gone into a great length in the book. I mean, I've often said to people, let me just stipulate that Oswald shot him. You've still got a conspiracy on your hands because of the following reasons, a lot of which we've, we've been talking about. But I do want to just take a minute or two to address uh, some of, of what happened that day in Dallas and, and, and bring up the fact that, um, that Oswald supposedly gets from the sixth floor down to a break room, at which point between 75 and 90 seconds after the shooting, a cop with a pistol is pointing it at his gut. Uh, the building supervisor says, no, that man works here, and they go up to the roof to try and find someone that may have been shooting from there. <laughs> this is pretty compelling evidence that Oswald may have been a patsy. How could he have possibly gotten down that stairway with people on it? Doug, it's more than compelling. Well, yes. I don't know if you've read this book, The Girl on the Stairs. I have not. I've heard about it. I've not read it. By Barry Ernest. Okay, tell me. Tell us about it. It's a story of Victoria Adams. Yeah. All right. Victoria Adams was an employee in that building, the Texas School Book Depository. Yes. On that day. And her and her friend, Sandy Stiles, heard the shots. They stared out the window for a few seconds and then started running down the stairs. Now remember, this is just a few seconds. Right. All right. Now, we're supposed to believe that Victoria and Sandy were on those stairs at the exact same instant that Oswald was. And those are, if you've ever seen photographs of them, those are not carpeted soft stairs. Mm -hmm. Those are the rickety, old-style wooden stairs. You can hear somebody four floors up right. coming down. Okay. So we're supposed to believe that at that instant, when Oswald's supposed to be tearing down the <laughs> stairs, that neither Victoria Adams okay, nor Sandy Siles or hurt him on the stairs. Yeah. But that, that's what you're supposed to believe. Well, I'm sorry, I don't believe it. If Oswald was at that soda machine, he came up from the first floor. We, we should note for the listener that, that uh, there are witnesses that put him in the break room 15 minutes before the shooting, and in police custody, right. he's asked who was in the break room while you were there. He correctly names people that were eating lunch at that time. And in the original report, right. the cop writes about uh, confronting him. He, t he, he, he writes in his handwriting that... He's holding a Coke in his hand by the machine. When they transcribe right. it, that part gets left out. But one has to presume that he shoots Kennedy, goes down, buys himself a Coke, and then turns around. Hey, I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Hard work shooting a president. Oh, and, by, and by the way, yeah. he left out another very interesting part. All right. Um, he actually looked out the window at about 1030, and he noticed this milling crowd. And he asked the guy next to him, what's going on down there? In other words, he didn't even know that the motorcade was passing in front of the Texas School Book Depository. Wow. Well, let's talk about you. You spent a lot of time, you and Lisa P. is editing Probe magazine. You've had a chance to interface with lots of different researchers, published a lot of things in that venue. Can you talk a minute about some people, uh, some of the authors and websites you could recommend to our listeners? Well, there is mine, ctka.net. Okay. Okay. There is the Mary Farrell Foundation, which has many, many documents 
many, many records. Many, many. They have the whole Warren Commission. Yeah. Online. So there's no need to buy the Warren Commission anymore because you can look it up online at Mary Farrell Foundation. Okay. Their sister, the sister site, which is called History Matters, which has a lot of very interesting documents online. That's a good site. All right. There is JFK Facts. All right which is set up by Rex Bradford, who's the webmaster yes. of the Mary Farrell Foundation and yes. reporter, former reporter uh, Jefferson Morley. Okay, uh, There's Lancer, which has some very interesting exhibits on it, JFK Lancer. Now, there's a couple of interesting blogs, like Bill Kelly's yeah. uh, JFK Countercoup. Okay. Uh, that's an interesting blog. The Lone Gunman Myth, that's an interesting blog. Okay. Some interesting essays. And um, there's a guy down in Australia uh, reopened the Kennedy case. That's an interesting site. So there's about seven or eight yeah. sites that, that I, I would recommend to the average uh, listener. And I stumbled on some work by, by Bill Simpich, who's a guy out of Oakland, apparently. Bill Simpich has done some pretty, pretty good work, too. His, his stuff is carried by Op-Ed News. Okay. So if you go to Op-Ed News all right, and, and look for, I think it's called 12 Who Made the Oswald Legend. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the name of his series. Well, Jim, Oliver Stone, back in 91, he took a lot of heat for speculating that JFK's reluctance to give the Pentagon and the military industry their war in Vietnam. Um, when that first came out, I thought, that sounds kind of preposterous. But at this point, uh, I have to say, I do suspect that may have had a major role in what happened in Dallas. Uh, wondering if you might you agree with that. Oh, I don't think there's any question about it today. Okay. I mean, with all the new documents that we have, you know, there's so much documentation on this Vietnam issue that there's actually been several books written in the interim since Oliver Stone's movie came out. Right. And some of these books are, are very good. Uh, like, for example, uh, David Kaiser's book, American Tragedy. There's Gordon Goldstein's a book about McGeorge Bundy. It's called Lessons in Disaster. That's another book that I would strongly recommend. And then there's Virtual JFK by uh, a guy named Jim Blight. Okay. That's another very interesting book on on the whole Kennedy withdrawal mission. There's look. This is a point that you know I believe is so overwhelming today. Yeah that there really should be no argument at all. Yeah. Okay? Because the documentation... I mean, look, when the ARB declassified his documents on this, even the New York Times had a banner headline saying Kennedy had planned to leave Vietnam. The Philadelphia Inquirer said the same thing. I mean, even the mainstream media, which had pilloried Stone so piteously just a few years before now had to turn around and eat crow. Yeah. Because the, the documents did say, and by the way, let, let me just mention one thing. This is so clear now, and one of the things I mentioned in my book, in May of 1963, McNamara, who was the point man, Secretary of Defense, who was the point man on the withdrawal plan, actually had a meeting in Honolulu called the SecDef meeting in which he brought in all the people in Vietnam, all the personnel, State Department, CIA, Pentagon. And he's literally going over the agenda to get everybody out as soon as possible. 
And everybody at this meeting, there were about 60 people there, you know, everybody at this meeting understood that the withdrawal was going to begin in December of that year and be completed in 1965. This is on paper. This is not any theory, okay? That meeting happened. We have the documents on it. So Kennedy was going to withdraw from Vietnam. There's no question about it. All right, and that intent was reversed within 48 hours after his death. Well, we, we've covered a lot of ground here in, in, in pushing two hours at this point. I guess I just want to throw in one final question for you, Jim. Do you think we're going to ever solve this thing? I don't think we'll ever solve to a courtroom kind of beyond a reasonable doubt. But I do think we can solve this for history. Yes. You know, people who really are interested, who people who really care about this, you know, we can solve it to that point, you know, by the preponderance of the evidence. That's called the civil suit standard. You know, I think we can do it that way. You know, and in my book, I actually try and do this. And I take it as far as Alan Dulles, you know, in, in, in my book. And I hint a little bit at a layer above him. But I, I, I firmly believe that it's time to stop arguing about the single bullet theory. <laughs> you know, it's time to yes. stop arguing about how many shots were fired. It's time to stop arguing about, you know, the uh, fragments of CE-399 in Connolly's body. I think that that's all been a diversion. We know today the single bullet theory never happened. So why do you want to argue about it? I think it's start time to start saying, okay, how did the plot work? Who was involved and why? Why did it happen? Well, for listeners in the year 2013 that want to get up to speed quickly, I recommend two books. The one is by Jim Douglas, JFK, uh, I guess it's called JFK and the Unspeakable, and our author's book today, James D. Eugenio's Destiny Betrayed, JFK, Cuba, and the Garrison Case. Uh, Jim, I know that we're going to be, there's going to be some conferences later this year. You may go to some, I may go to some, and as this year evolves, we'll have to have you come back and talk, talk more about this. Okay, Doug, my pleasure. I just want to close, too, noting that uh, although we sometimes get pessimistic about whether we're going to know the truth in this, uh, back in 92, when the Soviet Union fell, I know that Boris Yeltsin asked for the files that the KGB had on killing the Tsar, and they produced them. 75 years later, they still had the written record of just what went down. So I thought uh, all these files that the CIA is still holding back on Oswald may, may have some surprises in them. Well, you know that... Clinton got files from Yeltsin in 1993 about Oswald being in the Soviet Union. Boy, that's some interesting stuff. There's still stuff out there that we can get, and it's not too late at all. Well, I got a feeling we're going to see some stuff pop out this year and in the next, in the next few years to come, perhaps. Only time will tell. Well, Jim DiGino, it's a great it's a great piece of work. Destiny Betrayed, JFK, Cuba, and the Garrison Case. And uh, we will have you back. Thanks so much for talking with us. Thank you very much, Doug. You say you want a revolution Well, you know We all want to change the world That about does it for today's program Which was produced by Edward McMillan As they all are we thank Jim for talking to us for almost two hours, which we've spread out over the last two shows. 
He will be back during the course of this year, and we expect to have several other distinguished researchers into the matter of the JFK assassination come and speak with us directly. I'm Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax. We'll see you again next week at the same time. All right. All right. Got a real solution Well, you know We don't love to see the plan You ask me for a contribution Well, you know We all do what we can But if you want money for people with minds that hate all I can tell you is, brother, you have to wait. You know what's gonna be? Oh.